Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke Steele. Joining me on the show is Bernard Gracie from Gracie Elite Fitness out of Augusta, Georgia. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, doing good. I'm very glad to be here. I'm super excited to have you here. I've never had somebody so stoked to join me on the podcast. That means a lot. So thank you for making this happen, for taking an hour out of your day to kind of get back to the industry a little bit. And really, before we dive into the business piece, which is what everybody's here to listen to, Bernard, tell me a little bit about what it was that got you started in the industry of being a gym owner. Ah. Uh. What got me into the industry was I was once obese myself. Uh, it was a challenge for me. Uh, so what I did, I had to take the initiative of getting myself in order first. So I doctored on myself. I changed my diet. I put myself through a vigorous amount of training. Um, after that, I changed self. And if it's another fact, that's a picture of self right there. When I was struggling with weight, I'm not sure if you can see it. Hey, yep. And that was the beginning of my weight loss journey. After that, I started to go to parks and recreation centers outdoors. And I was joined by a couple of friends and classmates. And they brought forth the idea of, Bernard, you ought to be a trainer. You ought to be a personal trainer for one. You're funny for two. You're a gym rat. And if you can combine those two, then you can probably be profitable from it. So it, was, it started off as an idea. Um, and it just manifested itself into what we have today. So, so it, it started, started off, with me. <laughs> it started off because, you know, you had this amazing transformation and you were so motivated by that, that you wanted to help other people like have this amazing transformation, not only physically, but this is a huge, you know, mental and emotional transition as well. When we're able to, to, to change our physical health. Um, and so now you have Gracie Elite Fitness. And for our listeners, give us kind of, I guess, your elevator pitch of, of your facility, you know, who you are, what you have to offer, kind of paint that picture for us, because all gyms are a little different. So, right. All right. My sales pitch is really not a pitch, it's just the God is honest truth. Gracie Elite Fitness is the happiest, hardest working hour of your life. And I'm going to explain the boot camps. When you first walk into our boot camps, first things first, you're going to see on the glass before and after people that are just like you and that has taken that journey of becoming their greatest version of themselves. As soon as you walk through that door, I don't care if it's from the paint on the walls to the diffusion of the essential oils in the air to the good old people saying, hey, how you doing? And making you feel like you're at home. Um, all the way up into our great trainers, and then it rolls into the workout. Now, a lot of people are always uh, saying, well, boot camp, that sounds kind of like extreme, you know, but what we try to make that, well, we try to make the boot camp experience a little bit more, let's say more of a cookout with weights in it, you know what I mean? So you're standing next to a person that's going to help you out. You're going to have a personal trainer that's going to modify anything that's making you know, that's for the people that's having bad shoulder issues or any type of issues. We want to make sure that they're comfortable, but remain in the group, you know, so it's nothing but smiling faces and, and just good times in that place. So, um, right. It's different branches. Now we have the boot camp area, the boxing area, cycling area. We try to make it as 
more of a variety as we can. Yeah. So a little bit of everything, honestly, like fitness is not linear, you know, what I enjoy, you might not enjoy. And, and the other client over there, they, they like something completely different. And so when you have a lot of options for people to take advantage of, it's good for your, you know, facility for business, right? Cause we're able to market to a bunch of different people. Um, and so you're doing, you know, the group fitness thing. And that sounds like that's, you know, what the biggest part of your business, I would say, right. Um, and so then you also have a little bit of personal training. Walk me through that. You know, how many clients would you say are in personal training right now? Is that a big part of the business or is it kind of, you know, just like a subset? The personal training part is a, it's almost like a lifesaver. And I say it's a lifesaver because a lot of people were afraid of the groups after the COVID numbers went up. Right. So what we did uh, was accommodate more one-on-ones and uh, personal trainers and the, uh, the semi-private or uh, up to four people in, for, in, in the uh, personal training part of our business. Now, with personal training, I believe that that kind of goes, that kind of makes the process go by a little bit faster uh, because you're working more detailed with a person and you're seeing and you can actually doctor on that person without turning your back. Now, when you when you have to turn your back, you lose reps from certain people sometimes. But when you're one-on-one, you can make sure you squeeze all of the juice out of that lemon and make sure that they're getting everything that they need. One-on-one also gives you a chance to kind of understand the client on a personal level. Now, that's the personal and personal training. Now, if you're a passionate coach and you care about what you're doing, you go home with some of the people's <laughs> problems on your mind. Now, that's the physical. I mean, that's the mental part of what we do here, too, because sometimes you have to be a friend and uh, a counselor even, mm-hmm. you know. But who counsels the counselor after we're done with all of this <laughs> stuff, man? Jesus Christ. But, you know, um, but that goes again with the passion for it. One-on-ones uh, are great, and I would prescribe one-on-ones if we have... <laughs> The room to accommodate them or the time. Right now, one on one is almost booked to the to the maximum. Um, yep. You, you like those? Hard. That's what's hard, right? With one on one, we can only fit so many people in during any given day, unless we look at you know, okay, hey, we're gonna bring on more staff because we realize that there's a need for personal training. Uh, right. Have you guys ever dabbled in the idea of like semi privates, where you have? not a class, but you have three to four clients with one trainer. That way that trainer can fit in more clients in one hour, one 30 minute session, but they're still getting more money than they would if they were training just one client, if that makes sense. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I said that earlier when I said we have semi-privates and our semi-privates go up to four, uh, up to four people. Um, And that's pretty much spaced out uh, as far as like, let's say social distancing, that's, that's pretty much spaced out. Now we can combine them or we can separate them into quadrants right. in origin. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say quadrants, say if it's a person that pretty much needs more attention on their legs, I would have to conduct a station that's emphasizing nothing but legs for that person. Cardio for the other person, if they are having cardio issues, or I can split them up with endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph, and train them like such, you know? So, hey, yeah. it's, it's different ways to do it, and there's ways to, to make them move. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But one thing about true one-on-ones, though, Brooke, I would right. I would call true one-on-ones if they're paying for one-on-one sessions. True one-on-ones is you and that client, and not floating. Of you course. understand? I get a lot of people that come in and they talk about their experience with other gyms, and it's not a true one-on-one. You know, I'm floating to this person, and then I'm floating. Now that is pretty much considered sort of like a semi-private session. Right. And yeah, the of course. Giving, getting the bang for their buck. Right. Now that's got to be frustrating with one-on-one prices and you're sharing it. Yeah. You and know? I think like, I think that, you know, one-on-one, it's good for a couple of reasons. The first being, you know, it's good for our business because it's more money than we're going to get from, from group training, right? Absolutely. But secondly, it's good for our clients because, there are specific clients out there who are very new to this industry, very new to health and fitness. They need that one-on-one attention. They need somebody with their eyes on them at all times in order to yes. feel comfortable. And so I agree with you. One-on-one should always, if, if that's what the person wants, it should always be one-on-one. That client is there by their side at all times. Um, and I've heard of that too. You know, somebody's paying $60 an hour for a one-on-one session and the trainer isn't even, you know, with them. And so that's Absolutely. unfortunate. Um, so, you know, when we look at your group training side, how many clients in total would you guys say that you have within Gracie Elite Fitness group fitness? All as a collective whole or per class? I guess kind of as a whole. How many members do you have? As a whole right now, I would say... Cause we're kind of going into a, a drought season now. Yeah. You got to remember that people are going to be paying for school books and clothes and all of this type of stuff. And the school system is getting ready to start back up. So um, that's when you have to prepare like winter's coming. All right. But I would say that right now we're, we're brushing shoulders with about 55 members. We've dropped tremendously from 70 something members. Okay. Um, so how many square foot is the, the space Bernard? Is five thousand square feet. So you have a really, a really big space. Well, thank you. Or, I mean, pretty now, big. And before that, now it was a struggle. Before that, Miss Brooke, man, I remember when my office was a broom closet. <laughs> That's how small the other facility was. But we were just so glad to be from outside um, on tennis courts and things of that nature. So you gotta always appreciate the small things. I always clean that small gym like it was a big gym, and then that's when the manifestations come in. If you see it and you feel it, then it'll pretty much manifest itself. And that's how I've pretty much been winging it for the longest. Even when it comes to getting equipment, you know how expensive that equipment can get. Oh my gosh, but man, I'm talking about weights these days are like, it's like gas. Yeah, (laughs) it's like gas prices. Yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. So, you know, you said you had 55 members, 5,000 square foot. Hypothetically, like when we look at group fitness, what the kind of averages here, that's like the good number is like a hundred people or a hundred clients per a thousand square feet is like the average, like what most people in the group fitness industry are doing. If they have, you know, usable, if it's 5,000 square feet of usable space, because sometimes, you know, we don't have that. It's not all usable. So let's just say you have, what would you say? Like around 4,500 usable space or? As far as usable space? Because see, yeah. I wouldn't count my office. No, no, don't, don't count right, your office. Right, right, right. 
Um, so I would say usable space. Let's say an even 4,000 for usable space. Okay, so 4,000. Right. Let's just say- Let's omit I, yeah. bathrooms and yeah. corridors and- yeah. right. So with that, you know, let's just say, let's just say 400 members. Is that something that you could ever see being a real reality for you guys? Absolutely. And the thing about it is it doesn't matter how many that comes, we can accommodate them. Uh, meaning that we'll find a way to make them move. We'll find a way to keep them a well oiled machine. You know, uh, nobody's pretty much brushing shoulders in here. You know, everybody's either set in quadrants or a certain amount of feet apart. Right. Right. So walk me through, you know, you're at 55 members right now. Walk me through the growth process. Like, how are you finding new clients? What are some of the things that you guys are doing to grow? Sounds like you want to grow, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, the things that we're doing right now sometimes is um, just, we call it boots to the floor where we'll take flyers we'll go by different beauty salons we have usually we go by places where we see mostly women women are usually subject to coming to a place like this before guys with guys it's almost like a pride thing sometimes with guys you know but we pretty much go to nurses or we go to beauticians or we go to places where we see ladies walking we go to places with the effort is being displayed and we try to redirect them and bring them toward a place where they can have trainers and different other experiences besides just walking yeah. and things of that nature. Um, yeah. We've been doing the Facebook marketing. Uh, we've been doing Google marketing. Um, I've even talked to my local news um, lady and we're negotiating prices for commercial. <laughs> um, what's another thing? We, got out, we get out with community events um, and we speak at community events. Yeah. We go to police stations and we find out when PT is getting ready to start and offer a program for personal training so they can pass the PT test and things of that nature. Yeah, it sounds like you're really pounding the pavement. That's what we like to say and hitting, hitting the marketing. We like to call it guerrilla marketing, right? You're going out and you're doing it all yourself. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that it's free mostly. I mean, we have to pay for flyers and we might have to run an event or pay for a booth or something like that. But for the most part, it's free, but it takes a lot of time. And time is it not does. just the one thing in our life we can never buy back, right? We can never earn time back once it's gone. And That's so, right. and, and also with that is, you know, we could spend a bunch of time doing all these things, but never really see a measurable return on our time. Um, we can't predict like, hey, by us going to this hair salon where these ladies are, we're gonna bring in five new clients guaranteed. We just can't predict it. We, we, you know, we pray if that's what we do and we make good relationships with people, but we can't guarantee anything. Um, and that's what makes it so hard. Um, and, and I, I can tell you that I've definitely been in your position as well, going to the local smoothie shops, we put little picket signs in the road, we got a billboard, we did all the things and it was like, man, everything. it's like, man, you know, we're getting in like one new client, one new lead a week. And it's so frustrating for you guys right now with your current efforts, how many new leads would you say that you get per week? 
It's kind of been a it's kind of been a good little trend this week, uh, or within this last four weeks. We've been to get we've been getting consultation after consultation. But I'll say if every week we've got four consultation, we've been able to get at least one out of the four. And that's been, I would call that a good month, you know, as far as just the bookings, you know, the uh, website selling it itself, you know, and that's just with, without us, you know, touching anything. Those are just the requests of people seeing it on Facebook and, you yeah. know, and just what? coming out of the woodwork. But the, the best thing, the best way I can describe the way you just said that is jumping off of a cliff and trying to build an airplane on the way down, man. And it's like, <laughs> Gosh, bro, I got to do something fast. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And it's a, it's, there's so much ebbs and flows with all, with, with that gorilla marketing piece, because we could do one thing and we get a lot of leads from it. It feels pretty good. And then we try it again a couple of months later and we get nothing. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, what am I doing differently? And it's just a matter of the fact that like, you know, it's, it's the way that it works. Like you can't go put out a flyer. Like people aren't really interested in that anymore. If we go out, we try to talk to people. Like most people have headphones in, they don't want to talk to us. It's just hard. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are supplementing that with digital ads, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Google. Sounds like you do are doing a little bit of Facebook marketing. Walk me through that. With the Facebook marketing, um, we're pretty much selling through the business page. Every now and then, we would do a little bit more spending as far as to reach a broader audience. Um, sometimes I'll even go as to the extent of putting it on Facebook Marketplace, uh, Facebook Yard Sale. I mean, any publicity is good publicity. If it's a human being there, I want to at least let them see the symbol. I want to be able to program it, at least let it be on your mind. A lot of people that come to me say they've been watching me for about a year or two, but they've just been afraid or something. Right, right. So it's like, man, I wish you would have came like two years ago when, you know, when the storm was here financially, but hey, I'll still take you regardless, you know? Yeah, so, you know, you are doing, you know, the Facebook marketing. And when you say that, you know, you, you spend a little bit are you boosting the post? Like when you post something, it gives you the option to boost it or there's a separate portion on Facebook where you go like can run an ad campaign and it's like a whole big deal. Which one are you doing? Well, I'm doing the boost for right now. You know what I mean? Because right now I have to do what I, I like to make, say player decisions. I have to make sure yeah. that I'm making certain decisions because I also have to pay my team. I also have to fix equipment. I also have to get ready for events. Um, we've got this thing, midnight boxing. So I love to have laser lights and fog. So yeah. all that stuff costs money, man. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty much that's pretty much the struggle. That's pretty much in a nutshell um, of what we were talking about as far as like the finance part of it. You know? Yeah. yeah and hard. then not even just go ahead. I'm sorry. It's hard because like if you're if you're having all these expenses, right? And and we think mm -hmm. about we think about marketing, which is something that we need if we want to scale our business. It's hard to find that extra money to put into that. But let me ask you this. If you were getting a three to one return on investment from 
your ads. So basically, let's say you spent $50, but you made 150. Is that something that would be worth it to you? Absolutely. But once again, that's also a what if. You know, I've done it before and I'm not going to knock it, but I'm also going to say it's a coin toss. You know, I've even done marketing with towels and at big events like championship games and they're doing a terrible towel and there's Gracie Lee Fitness on the end of the towels and stuff like that. And, you know, we spent $500 on that ad, you know, and I think we've got one person out of that whole gymnasium full of you know, like almost a thousand or two of those people. A lot of my ads and stuff reach the masses of five, 6,000 people, you know, and you'll probably get, let's say on top 13. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the reason why is because when we boost something on Facebook, it's different than when we're running an ad campaign. And that's not something that I even knew. I didn't know mm. before I got started in the gym business. I also have a baking business on the side, fun fact. And so for my baking business, I'll, I would boost posts and same like you, I was reaching like 3000, 4,000 people in the Orlando area, but I was getting maybe like one inquiry and it was just like not worth it. Right. And then ran into, you know, somebody, they teach me the ad campaign piece and basically it's more targeted, more direct gives people kind of like a clickable option, brings them right to your page. They fill out a link and you have a lead mm -hmm. in the inbox and they're people that are going to convert um, versus when we boost a post, it's like, Hey, there's really no guarantee here. If we're ever going to actually get somebody to inquire. And it's so frustrating because you're spending money and then you kind of burn that bridge and you're like, okay, well, I'm never trying that again. Right. <laughs> that's, yes. that's how I am. Right. Um, and so you didn't see a return on investment. And when you did the towel thing, you didn't see a return on investment. So it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do to actually get these clients in the door? And that's what we're all struggling with right now. But I definitely think the way to go today is, you know, do your guerrilla marketing, but supplement that with digital ads, because you and I are meeting here digitally. I found out about your gym digitally through Facebook and everybody is spending so much time online. Like it's just sad. It's sad, but it's true. The past few years have been crazy. And so we're all spending more time on our phone. If you can use that to grow your business, why not? Um, so my big question to you, Bernard, and I think that this is a kind of cool question because our listeners can really relate is what's the big picture. If I could ha kind of hand you a magic wand and I was like, all right, all your dreams and goals have come true. What would that picture look like for you? Dang, Brooke, gosh, that is a great question, man. I don't know why I always get hyped up when I hear that. You know what I want? The Libra in me wants the whole group to be happy. I want to be able to finish helping people become their greatest version. And I want to do it to a point where I don't... I'm, I'm getting sick of it after a while. Right now, I'm such a blaze with it. And I've been a blaze with it for years. And I don't really see it going out no time soon. But when it finally, when it's finally said and done, I want it to be able to provide an income for my family. I want it to be able to provide generational wealth. I want to be able to uh, continue the legacy of helping people through different trainers and I want to sit on a lake with a nice drink in my hand and watch it all go down baby you know what I mean 
yeah. I always like I, it's interesting to hear this because sometimes I'll say like you know what's your dream situation do you want to retire on a beach in Bali or do you want to be involved in your business forever and for you it sounds like you want to be involved right but you want to be able to do so away from the business work more on the business right. instead of work in the business and in order for us to really get to that point you know we need to focus on on different things what do you feel like is the number one thing for you to focus on right now to provide generational wealth and to be able to sit on the, the beach with whatever your drink of choice is? I'm picturing you as like a Mai Tai kind of guy. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> so like, so what, what do you need to focus on now to make that happen? Well, I focus on staying focused. And what I mean by that is, some days, Brooke, we're not going to want to get up and keep doing the stuff that we want to do. But if you want to live a certain type of way, you're going to have to make those sacrifices. I got a daughter that's getting ready to go to college, man. And I'm a month away of her leaving from Georgia to Pittsburgh, man. And my baby been with me forever. Uh-huh. And it seems like you do so much and you put so much into <laughs> your children and into everybody else. And you really don't even know what makes you happy anymore. Like before we even started the podcast, I was saying, imagine if we put more time into us as we did into our communities, into our clients and stuff like that. You know, it's it's brutal. So stay focused. Even when your back hurt, man, you got to get up and go and, and take care of those clients. And even when your feelings are hurt, it's three versions of you. That's why my logo looks like this. It's mine, it's body, and it's spirit, or the God in you, or the G. All right. So sometimes the mind wants a logical explanation for things. God, it's five o'clock in the morning. Why do we have to go and save the people? <laughs> you know, and then the body is aching. And I know yours ache from that CrossFit. Jesus, that is, that's brutal. Yeah. And you have to come home and you have to be a mommy. Yeah. And that's more brutal than the CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. With, yeah. with that said, stay focused. Treat every 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 day like it's your first day of fitness or always stay passionate. It's going to come. If you stay focused on your purpose, everything else will meet you at the finish line. Yeah. And I've been realizing that. And, you know, I'm, if I just keep pushing, things happen. I mean, all of a sudden, Miss Brooke Steele called me out of nowhere. <laughs> the Brooke Steele show man you know so hey you know you just keep pushing and imagine if I would have just took that day and I wouldn't have got out of the bed that day or if I wouldn't have if I would have gave up fitness a year ago you know on days when it gets bad and days when you get tired you know and and days when you have to come home and be a mom or a dad and the kids don't understand that you're tired like that (laughs) they just don't understand man they just you just got to keep going you know so stay in focus right yeah, it's a it's it's a crazy life that we're living, but I think that passion's gonna pull us all through. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you're really passionate about what you're doing. You have big goals for yourself. You're gonna reach them not only for you but for your family. Um, I'm so excited to see it happen. It's been a pleasure connecting with you today, and I really hope our listener have some listeners have some great takeaways from this conversation because I know that I did. Um, I appreciate you, Bernard. Thank you for being here. Um, what is the Instagram page for Gracie Elite Fitness? Where can our listeners go to find you? Ah, they can go on Instagram at Gracie underscore Elite underscore Fitness, or you can find me on Facebook under King Bernard L. Gracie II, 
or you can find me on TikTok under just King Gracie. Cool. Thanks for being here right. once again, listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very, very special guest. It is the one and only Stephen Gizzy out of California with Left Coast Weightlifting. Stephen, what is going on today? Did I pronounce your last name right there? Gizzy? Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. How you we're, doing? We're left Coast CrossFit and Training Center rather than maybe Left Coast Weightlifting, if that's okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> totally. There we go. There we go. You got the name on it. That's it. How you doing today? What's going on? How you feeling? I'm doing great, man. Stoked to be on the podcast and excited to hopefully help some other gym owners who are going through what I've gone through. There we go. There we go. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Left Coast, you know, first why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people? What do you say when someone asks you like, Hey, like what's your dream about? You know, talk to us about that. I love to answer that question. Um, the first thing I like to let people know is that we're not just a CrossFit gym and not that there's anything wrong with being just a CrossFit gym. CrossFit gyms are what gave me so many of the best things in my whole life. <laughs> so I love being a CrossFit gym. Don't get me wrong there. But I really am proud of the fact that we are a lot more and that we try to offer a lot more to our community and our members. Um, and, and that's via personal training. Um, we've equipped the facility with a lot of equipment and space that allows for open gym usage and personal training sessions where our members can do supplementary and accessory work that supports the CrossFit classes. Um, we also have a, a pretty robust sports performance program called Athlete Performance Factory, which operates out of here. We primarily there focus on um, team sport athletes, football, baseball, lacrosse, basketball, um, and we do a combination of speed and agility work as well as strength specific, um, specific strength work. And then last but not least, we've also got a weightlifting component, Olympic weightlifting, and we just brought in a fantastic coach named Daryl Barnes, um, USA wow. national champion. Yeah. yeah. So we've got, I'd like to say, a few things going on, and then last. Yeah. A new program I'm putting out that's going to be classes of functional strength and bodybuilding, which I'm super excited about. I don't know many places where you can get a class on bodybuilding. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. And that's very unique. I, do that. I love the versatility, by the way. I think that's super unique. I think that definitely stands out. And I think that definitely makes you an asset. There, you're not a commodity by any means. I'll tell you that. You got everything. Um, and so, you know, um, Let's start with like the bare bones basics here with diving into the business. How many members are you serving currently? Currently, we are just right around the 300 mark. <laughs> okay, 300. And so for you, you know, not even, I don't want to dive too deep into that just yet, but let me ask you this. 
with those 300 members, what's been the best method of finding those new clients? So how did you grow from the very beginning to where you're at now? What's been that best method to predominantly find those people? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, not unfortunately, in our case, it is what it is. Our growth was very slow and consistent. <laughs> we, okay. didn't, we didn't do, I did a group on when I first opened up, um, which was like my biggest regret. <laughs> um, and then after that, I said no more. And I didn't do any more of that type of sort of discounting and sort of grabs for new leads. And I didn't put much into marketing and advertising. Probably not the best approach in all honesty looking back, but my whole approach was I want to be the best possible coach and trainer and then leader of a gym and community that I can be. And word of mouth will take care of the rest and the gym will grow. And that did happen over time, but it made for a rough first few years. <laughs> um, for sure. So, to answer your question, I guess that's more problem than solution. For us, we found, honestly, when we started digging more into events, um, whether it was hosting competitions, um, rallying our members to go and do events, um, doing community events, not necessarily competitions here, things like that, where there's opportunities for people that aren't members, but are friends of members, or maybe curious, but are a little scared to try a full-on class, just kind of gets them peripherally connected, right? And, and creates yeah. the opportunity to make connection there. And um, I would say that as well as in the last year, we've actually started to make a little bit of an effort on Instagram. And what's interesting there is it's not necessarily, we have a small Instagram following, I think only 2000 on the gym page and then 500 and something on the personal training page that we just started. But it's not necessarily about the size I'm discovering. It's more about getting the members that you do have getting their Instagram handles, tagging them and posting them on the stories and whatnot so that they can repost and then their friends. It's essentially word of mouth, but without actually asking your members to go and tell people. They'll do it for you if you're just taking videos of your classes and posting their PRs and tagging them. Their friends are naturally going to see. So I think that's been a good tool we've just started to utilize. Obviously, a lot of people have already discovered the benefit yeah. of Instagram. Um, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest mistakes we made is not putting money and effort into marketing. And it's something that we've just started doing and already are seeing some, some traction there. So I wish we had started that sooner. Yeah. But yeah, word of mouth, honestly, has been our biggest method of growth, whether that's the best way or not. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it'll always be a, a, a strong factor in, in any industry, but that's also thanks to your fulfillment, right? Word of mouth will never work if you don't have strong fulfillment, right? I sure, think that's, sure. a, that's a big case there. But, um, you know, with your marketing efforts, what you have seen and what you have done, what do you feel like is a consistent or average flow of clients, new clients, uh, and, and converted, not just leads, but new clients coming through the door uh, on a monthly basis? Yeah, so that's a great question. And one that had I been a much better business person, I would have tracked a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some metrics on that only because in the last year, we started to look at that more. Um, and to be, to be honest, we were looking at it, COVID hit, things kind of turned into a shit show for a minute there. And it was really more about survival mode. Um, and that's where we ended up pivoting and doing some things. Oh, we can get into that later. But to answer your question, um, shoot, I don't know. Right now I've got my manager with an incentive where um, if we have a net positive of 10 CrossFit class attending members per month, he gets a little bonus. And he's hit that bonus the last two months in a row. So that gives you an idea. He's got, I think we had 14, two months, two months prior. And we're on track for, I think, 
I don't know, we just switched over. I haven't done the numbers for this last month. But roughly, I would say our goal is 10 plus in the positive net members. Well, yeah, 100%. And so that's good that you know those numbers, right? Because I think often in, in, in the fitness industry specifically, as the fitness professional, we track our weights, right? How much is on the bar. We track our macros, track our body fat percentage. But when it comes to your numbers, it's like, well, I don't know, I think 10, 15. <laughs> so the fact that yeah. you know that, I mean, that's awesome. And, and to um, be perfectly transparent with you, I have, I, have a biz, I have two business partners at the gym, and we very much have, you know, our roles and our lanes. My lane is not maybe a lot of the questions you may ask. I know the answers to them, but my partner, Joel Thompson, actually, who owns CrossFit Tustin, might be another guest you'd want to have on. He's much more yeah. on the business systems side of things. I'm much more the, the face and figurehead of the community, as well as the head coach driver of the, the vision for what kind of training we want to do here. Um, and sort of totally. the expert source in that regard. But anyway, you know, that'd be awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent. Even if you came back on a few, <laughs> either one, sure. totally fine. Uh, and, and so, you know, if you, we'll talk hypothetically here, right? Let's say leads, traffic, clients, whatever, were you know, Oh, you know what? Sorry. I want to back that up. This yeah. this is one that I, I failed to mention that I think is actually one of the biggest factors. So, yeah, hundred percent. So this is what's made, in my opinion, and on the facts back it up. The biggest difference on our lead capture and conversion is when I'm answering the phone. <laughs> I've played mm. with outsourcing it to, um, you know, in the past, my wife answering the phone, my business partner's wife answering the phone, having a coach answer it, you know, sharing the duty the duties via a Google Voice phone. Um, and just the reality is when I answer the phone and, and the, fa- the person doing the sales, so to speak, I, I just tend to convert a lot more than anyone else. And that's not the two mile. It's, I mean, I'm no. the owner. I have the best vantage point to answer questions and ask the right questions. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So I would say that's been the biggest difference. If you're a owner and you're not answering your own phone, fuck, if you can fix that, I'm telling you right now, that made a huge difference for me. Yeah, because who has the most conviction? It's yourself, right? Exactly. You found it. It's your baby. So it, no one's going to believe more than you go, right? And you can try with employees. And trust me, some might love the vision more than you, but it, it's hard to find those nines and tens, right? And until you do, best to just do the work yourself. <laughs> I agree. Quite frankly, to find someone who's going to answer the phone no matter what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. convenient most of the time when I answer that phone, you know? It's true. It's very true. I love that. I love it. It's such a great point there as well. But to kind of circle back into the question I was going to ask prior, um, you know, if leads, traffic, clients, members, whatever you want to say was unlimited here and you're getting endless every day, hypothetically speaking, of course, how much higher can you go from there? I mean, in 300, what's, what's that max number look like? Yeah, great question. And before we move to, I'll answer that, but I just remembered another thing that did make a big difference okay. for us. Sure. Um, was we've done two different campaigns. We're about to do another one where we essentially plug our members for reviews very tactfully and nicely. Oh, we only really want the ones to, to write like that. Yeah. And, and that, that actually has done a lot of good for us when we've done that both times. I love uh, that. Google's I love that. More than Yelp. But. That works really well. I, I am familiar with that process as well. That does work really well. That's been really well. Yeah. But sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Going, coming back to the question you just asked, um, what was it again? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If, if leads, traffic, clients, members, whatever you want to say was unlimited here, hypothetically speaking, of course, like how much higher can you go than at 300 mark? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, looking at our attendance, if those people 
just magically fell into the right time slots of classes without adjusting anything to our overhead, we could definitely handle up to 350 um, okay. just in that. And then that's also been a big part of some of the pivots we made after COVID um, with the open gym access 24-7 and the additional commercial gym slash bodybuilding equipment. And I mean, pretty extensive. Um, and then a whole Olympic weightlifting area with platforms and nice equipment and you know, the gym's pretty stacked out. We've got turf, we've got, you name it. All that is for the, the ultimate yeah. intention of increasing revenue without increasing overhead. In my mind, part of the reason commercial gyms do so well is they've got a million people paying monthly who don't actually necessarily don't use the space. Yeah. And that's not what I'm trying to do, but I do want to capitalize on people who maybe won't come to class five days a week and won't require me to add, like coach, add a class to the schedule but maybe they'll come in and do one or two classes and then three days of their accessory strength bodybuilding work. And that's no extra load. That's no extra overhead to us. It's what I call gravy members, so to speak. So we're definitely <laughs> like a lot of room to grow in that open gym aspect. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And then we can handle probably at least another 50. That's the target right now in our sports performance program. Um, and then Olympic weightlifting wise, you know, there's, there's plenty of room there too. So I'd say we could probably get closer to 400 in total. And then personal training members, if we count that maybe 425. Yeah. So a lot of room to grow, a lot of room to grow. And, and, and for you is the priority to grow more externally or internally? Cause obviously you can grow to that 425, right? Um, but what about internally? Is, is retention ever a concern or even ascension, you know, and then to buy more, um, within the company or within your services, you know, which one for you, do you feel like it's more priority for you specifically, not in general terms here, but for you and your gym specifically, what would you feel like is your priority? Yeah. I don't know that I would give, I get, you know what, if I'm looking at the actions and the way we do things, retention for sure. Um, yeah. right now we're intentionally for the first time, really focusing externally. So we're actually going to put some money okay. into Instagram ads and things like that for the first time. So to answer your question, Currently, momentarily, the, the focus is external. Um, yeah. But for the long 10-year history of ours, I would say it's been definitely internal. And what that looks like, um, I, it's a nice segue to what I would call my passion project right now. So I think CrossFit's amazing. It's one of the best methodologies out there in terms of if you've got an hour and you want to have fun with your fitness, it's a great way to go, right? Especially if you find a quality gym. And I want to be the first to say, I won't put a percentage on it, but a large percentage of the CrossFit gyms I have visited, and I've visited a ton, I would not send my friend or a family member to. Um, yeah, I hope that doesn't sound harsh. I, I love CrossFit, but it's not always, it's like anything, any institution, right? A church or a school, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Um, yeah. And if you the lack of accountability across the board, it's a beautiful thing, the autonomy. That's why I chose to do a CrossFit gym versus another. It's fantastic, but it also allows for a very large discrepancy in quality, right? So I think my passion is this. CrossFit's amazing. It's not perfect. And I think there's something we can do a little better, but it doesn't mean you have to stop doing CrossFit because people love it. They really do. They get entrenched in it and they've got their best friends in it. And it's a lot to ask them to go and do something by themselves for an hour every day. Um, so my passion is this, right? And this is coming back to your question. I think a huge driver for retention one of the biggest attrition rates for, I think, CrossFit gyms is injury, right? Um, and, yes. and we don't manage expectations. And we could go into, we probably had a bunch of people cover this, so I won't. 
but the on-ramping program, and we have a pretty thorough, specific way we do that. Not really what I want to talk about now. What I want to talk about now is this. I think, because that's that's more the new CrossFitter. I'm talking about the three to five to seven-year CrossFitter who's burnt out, banged up, their knees, their low back, their shoulders are jacked, most likely. Um, and they're looking at the workout the night before thinking, all right, can I do this one? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Those are the people you're losing, right? And that are ending up in commercial gyms or not working out or working out at home and whatever. My solution to that has been to try to really infuse my community with personal training and not, not something where someone's paying, you know, I have those clients that pay to come in you know, hundred bucks, 150 bucks an hour, three times a week, every month for, you know, for a long time, but that's not the entire goal. The goal would be they get together with a coach. They do a couple personal training sessions where we dial them in. We figure out, okay, what are your issues? Um, where are you lagging? What are your limitations? And how can we give you an individualized program that's going to help you address those issues and let you continue CrossFitting in a way that you enjoy and that isn't doing damage? And furthermore, with a proper accessory and supplementary program, you take, it, it, you take the pressure out of the class scenario for them. I've seen it time and time again. Like I had a guy from yeah, a guy who would always be that guy, and gym owners will know this when they hear it, always trying to RX workouts, skinny little dude, skinny dude, awesome heart, right? Trying it's it's tough because you want to encourage him, but he's banging the hell out of himself and he has no business moving the weights he is. Well, and he, and I've tried to coach the guy a million times, hey, this doesn't work, it's not making sense, we need to lighten the load, and it's this constant battle. I took that same athlete, he did two months of personal training with me. Not only did he hit a million PRs across the board on everything, it's amazing when you do progressive structured overload, how quick someone gets strong <laughs> if they've already yeah. built that huge capacity with CrossFit. And then I took this guy and he starts building all this strength. He's looking different. He's feeling better. Now he's in class and he has no problem scaling workouts because he knows he's going to get what he needs right after with some heavy lifts that are making sense for him and his body and his abilities. So yeah. that's sort of my vision and, and goal with retention is getting to where each member, it's not there yet. My goal is in my gym to have every member have a coach that they have a connection with where once a month, once every two months, depending on their need and autonomy desires, they get together and go over the program or supplementary work they're doing and revitalize it, you know, tune it up, re revisit it. And that way they've got, they've got some accountability on their issues. They know what their issues are. Most people don't even know. Um, and they're working towards that better, more healthy integration of a, a well-rounded balanced program where you're not just hammering high intensity six days a week. Yeah, completely. And I think that's such a great point to make there. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think, especially with your model and how you do it, I think you have so much, like, that, so many avenues, especially with that ascension piece, like I mentioned before, I think you can ascend almost anyone and everyone into you know, whether it's PT or obviously that guy's a perfect example of how Ascension would essentially work. So I think that's awesome. I think that's such a great point to make. And, and so kind of continuing through here as I well. Okay. I was going to say one of that's maybe not as big of a factor, but it's been nice is we've always had a physical therapist in house. Um, and I've always been okay. super picky with who I let operate out of here. We've been lucky enough to have some really good ones. And I think that's key because people are going to have issues, especially in a CrossFit setting. Um, yeah. We're closing them to a huge range of movements and motions and life is going to injure people, right? The way we live our modern society, we're not set up for success. 
Um, so I think having, having a good physical therapist, either that you can refer people to, um, or in house ideally, where if they're having an issue, address it right away and let them know there's solutions We'll figure it out. You know, whereas I think what happens at a lot of gyms is someone might have a little issue crop up and they're like, ah, I knew it. CrossFit hurts people. And then they move on versus, or they go to a doctor and the doctor tells them, oh, you've got chondromalacia of the knees, blah, blah, blah. You should never squat again. Right versus you have a physical therapist you trust and know who's an actual athlete and will tell them, hey, you know, here's your issues. Movement is medicine, but the dosage is key. Here's what we're going to do. So I think that's another yeah. another key component. Yeah, no, major component. Again, it's that versatility. Man. That versatility, it's endless. And so, you know, here's maybe a little bit of a longer-winded question, but a good question in itself and a good way to kind of self-reflect here. Um, and so what we've been discussing primarily this entire conversation is like three pillars of business in the fitness and gym industry that use pretty predominantly. That's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, of course, bringing people through the door, your client acquisition, which is converting the sale, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Stephen, where do you feel like you could improve the most? The first <laughs> lead, lead generation. Yeah. Marketing. hundred percent. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's the case for most people, right? I think, um, you know, people, they always want more. Yeah, they don't want to say always want more. And it's the truth. You know, it's, it's an endless battle, right? I mean, realistically, what are you going to do to help more people? And the more people you get to the door, the more lives you're helping. And obviously, you know, what comes from that is the financial gratification, of course, which is inevitable to keep the doors open. But at the end of the day, I mean, hey, let's get more people through the door, which is awesome. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency of the response. You know, I think... We always want to focus on the good on the podcast, but we can discuss, you know, room share improvement regardless of success, right? Joint members in, everybody cuts there. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll save it for later. No, just mentioning, yeah, I, I appreciate the honesty and, and, and transparency there. Seriously. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that I just also thought of too, that's been, I think, unique about our gym and maybe not our gym, but just with the ones that I've seen in a lot of the gyms is I think a lot of times across the gym, we'll get their initial equipment set up and then they're kind of done. Um, and in our model, we've, to my, my business partner's chagrin and headache, um, I literally always just buy more equipment. I can't help it. Um, and I think there's obviously a point of where that's maybe not the best idea, but we, we maintain our barbells, we maintain our rowers, we maintain our bikes every six months. We have some come on out and give a thorough cleaning. We have a janitor that three days a week spends eight hours a night here detailing the place, um, we, you know, we're constantly updating plates as they break. All that to say, we put a really high priority on keeping the facilities super high quality. And I almost never see that when I visit gyms. So just one piece yeah. of advice in the retention side, our members love that. Like they're so stoked. And I can't tell you how many times someone comes in and goes, wow, I've never seen a CrossFit gym with so many toys. And that makes a difference. You know, if, when yeah. I jump on a rower, and it's dusty as hell and there's black all over the track and the flywheel's like, ring, ring. I'm like, yeah, I would never come back here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes gym owners get lost on that. I don't know. It's the experience. You want to provide that, that, that experience. And it, that increases the value and the retention that will bring so much more retention, those little things. It actually oh. makes you feel as an athlete, like the place you're in has value or doesn't. When it's not exactly. well kept, you're like, they don't even value this shit. Why yeah. should I? <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. I love that. Such a good piece of advice. Thank you for that as well, Stephen. 
And so the last two questions for you here. One of my favorite questions. And I'm kind of curious to see what you're going to say because I feel like you're ambitious here. What's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal? What are you trying to accomplish long term? I'll tell you right now. I just met yesterday with a um, marketing director who I may be partnering with on a website. Um, as you mentioned, the online thing. I've had a lot of other coaches and friends tell me and members and clients that I should do something online and there's potential there. And to be honest, between you and me, I've never had an interest. I love the in interpersonal interaction. I love people. That's why I do what I do. Um, that being said, I have three kids and plan on having two more. <laughs> wow. So at a certain point, right, uh, I, I started to gain a little bit of ambition and it shifted gears from I just want to be the best trainer and coach I can possibly be to I want to be the best trainer and coach I can possibly be and provide for my family the best I can with those skills. And in the process, I'm learning that the more I put this information out, the more it's benefiting people. And as much as I love the interpersonal interaction, um, I really do like, hopefully can humbly say this, I feel I have a lot to offer. I have a unique perspective, yeah. my extensive sporting background, and I do a lot outside the gym. I surf, I rock climb, I love to run distance, I love to try, like, I skateboard, I jujitsu. So my, my perspective is maybe a little unique in that I have a lot outside of CrossFit, and then I have 10 plus years of a crazy amount of coaching. Like I've coached more hours than I know most coaches have, um, both classes and personal training. All that to say, I feel like some of the methodologies and systems for training I've put together, they're very much specific to CrossFitters, uh, but they apply to anyone, I suppose. But their intention is for CrossFitters. And I'd like to see a larger audience just get their hands on some of the stuff I've been doing. And um, I'd love to see it help more people. So for me, the big picture is this. Um, I'm test piloting this program I've been essentially doing with my personal training clients who are mostly CrossFitters for about seven years, five, seven years. I'm now putting it in the class format um, here in my gym. And as I work through that, the plan is to then take it to an online subscription model where people anywhere can benefit from what I think is a really unique and much healthier, balanced approach to integrating CrossFit with more of a holistic strength and wellness program, if that makes sense. So I guess the bigger picture for me, continued growth and health of the community here, um, and then helping launch this website and um, putting more of the information that I think is important for people to have out there. Yeah. Hopefully making some yeah. money in the process. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I think that's awesome. I think that's such a good idea and so unique to you. I think you do have a lot to offer and I think it, it was very obvious about the whole entire podcast uh, and great goals there, which I, I think you're, you're, we haven't even talked about training. That's what I was hoping to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I, I have another podcast. We could discuss that on for sure. If that's cool. But, um, and, and one last question for you here before we sign out here, um, you know, if, if you can go back in time here, Stephen, and, and Give yourself that one piece of advice that you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? Oh, man. That's, there's so many. <laughs> oh. Hmm. One piece? You could give a couple if you wanted to. I say one piece, but it's not 
Oh, you there's know, so many things I would do differently. <laughs> so many things. Um, honestly, I would spend money on marketing a lot sooner. <laughs> um, what else? If you're going to bring on a partner or an investor, when you think you've done your due diligence, do it all over again and then get someone else to come into and look at them and like study that person and all everything about them. <laughs> That'd be a big piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. Take your, I time, love that. Take your time before you let anyone have any sort of equity or ownership or deciding power whatsoever in your business. If you're going to do that. Talk about a mic. Eric Steven. <laughs> anyway, talk about a mic drop. Talk about a mic drop. That's, <laughs> that's so important. I don't think people realize that, but the fact that, which I was going to uh, uh, mention this earlier, but you, you kind of, you mentioned that you guys all do different things, which is so important, right? I mean, the fact that, you know, you, well, I have three, two partners who are doing the same thing. You can eliminate one and keep the other, you know, keep yourself, whatever, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? So um, way to close it out there. It's a good place to wrap things up in this episode. Before we sign out, please shout out your Instagram, your Facebook, your website, anything you have, where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> My personal Instagram is left coast underscore personal training. And that's where I like to put out what I'm doing, what my clients are doing, things that I just think are important about training. Um, and then our gym page is left coast cross or at left coast CrossFit. Um, and that's where you'll see again, some of the similar posts, but then a lot more community and events and just fun, cool stuff. Yeah, totally. And then absolutely. Our, definitely our website, left coast CrossFit.com. www. There we go. Can't forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Jay Edwards from Jay's Personal Training and Boxing Training. He's serving the Apex, Durham, and Cary, North Carolina areas. Jay, how are we doing, man? Hey, we're doing well, man. How's it going with you, Austin? Doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, thank you for coming on. Looking forward to our conversation, man. You've been in this industry a while. Former professional boxer. Uh, look about half your age, man. So this is so this is really <laughs> cool, man. So obviously doing a lot of stuff right. So let's dive in 
So Jay, when you decided to get started in this personal training fitness business, you know, being an entrepreneur in this space, where was like your mindset at then as far as the goal for you from that business sense as to why you started? Well, um, I found myself not being too happy where I was working. Uh, I was working for a lot of different companies with other things that I could do that just because I could do it. And so one day, you know, I woke up, realized I was like, you know what? I'm not really fulfilled. I'm not really happy doing what I'm doing, working for other people. Right. I said, um, I said, look, I need to do what I need to do for me. That's going to make me happy. So I stopped chasing money at the time. And I said, you know what? I said, what one of the questions I asked myself, Austin was, look, I said, what do, what would I do whether I got paid a lot of money or not? So I stopped chasing money. So that helped me find out what it was that I would love to do no matter what. So the number one thing that came to mind was working out. I, I like working out. I wouldn't mind doing that every day, you know? And then I said, what did I tend to gravitate to since the first day I started working? So I started working when I was a kid and it always, I always gravitated to customer service and I was good at Nashville. Okay. So I said customer service. So what that made me think of when I thought of working out customer service was personal training. Yeah. You know, and I was told early on in life, hey, you know what? You should be a personal trainer. But I never heard anybody um, brag about making any money being a personal trainer. So I, right. I didn't jump on that right away. Right. But when right. I, I end up right back full circle when I decided not to chase the money and I said, OK, personal training is the deal. That's what I would want to do. Yeah. I need to venture off into doing that and segue out of another other work that I was doing. Okay. And so that's what initially got me into it. I started doing it on the back burner. And then actually what really thrust me into it was I met a bodybuilder that was, uh, she was Hispanic. And she said to me, aren't you that boxer guy? And I said, uh, yeah, yeah. And she yeah. said, hey, are, are you certified? I said, no. I said, I've been boxing for quite some time now. I don't yeah. need to need certification. She said, no, are you certified in personal training with that? Because she saw me in the gym. I said, no. Yeah. I said, um, you know, this is something I just do. She said, you need to get certified. She said, because um, people are looking for you and we as personal trainers, we don't do what you do. You right. need to do that. So I said, hey, listen, I said, do me a favor. I never heard anybody bragging about making any type of money, being sure. a personal trainer other than trainers for the stars. I said, right. that I'm not. I right. said, so would you give me 15 minutes of your time and show me how you make a living doing this. So she met me the next day at the complex that I was living in Jersey oh, yeah. and she explained it to me. And here we are, man. I, I went full thrust, went through this, um, pretty much the uh, company that she went through to get certification and um, follow everything to the T, even to this day where she shared with me and put some tweaks on it myself. And here I am. That's very cool, man. So like, almost like... Uh, someone of a mentor for you in getting started here in this business. Somebody's kind of uh, passed the follow. I never saw her again, man. She, wow. <laughs> after wow. that day, I, I never saw her again after that day. It was just meant. It was just, she led me in that direction. I followed yeah, and that was it. Yeah. That was sweet. So that brought you here, Jay. So that's, uh, yeah, very cool, man. So now you're down there in North Carolina. So, you know, day in the life of a fitness professional is usually pretty long tough like what is it what does a typical day look like for you as far as the business side of things training clients what's a normal day in the life of you like right now uh well i start as early as 4 30 a.m in the morning okay and i go all the way till probably about 5 30 and um 
it's something that, that and that came about because a lot of trainers don't do it. They're not going to get up. Most trainers, they'll do the five and five is tough. Yeah. But the reason why I did that is because I worked so early for other companies. I said, I refuse to not do that for myself. Right. So, so it's just like, kind of like a, just a mantra, so to speak, it's just something to do. So I don't do less than I would for anybody that I ever worked for. And it would produce um, something great. Yeah. So that's why I started that. And I still keep that. I may get rid of it eventually. Only special people are up that early anyway. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, it's a different but, time. But I, I do that. And, um, you know, it is what it is. And I, I pride myself on being that top trainer. I try to be. So I'm yeah. a five-star trainer. Um, don't know if you check that out. But I'm a five-star trainer. Fortunately enough, I don't have any negative reviews. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's not by accident. It's, it's that's purposely done by based upon um, how adamant I am about getting results from my clients sure, and treating sure. my cl clients right. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, definitely a reason why we found you. That's for sure. That those Google ratings are super important. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, congrats on that. That's no small feat, right, Jay? So, thanks. Absolutely, yeah, man. Of course, of course. Uh, look, if we're gonna do something, we want to do it really well, right? Want to be ma um, pursue mastery in this fi fitness space because we can have such a good impact on people's lives, which is great. So. Absolutely. That being said, man, at this point in time of your career, is your like clientele book full, so to speak? Are you pretty much packed? Are you still taking new clients? What does that side of the business look like? Right now, I'm squeezing people in. I'm I'm booked yeah. actually. You yeah. know, I'm booked uh, more than I've actually. I was just sharing with some of my colleagues. I'm booked more than I've ever been in my life right now. Okay. Um, and so, um, also what I've been able to do based uh, due to the pandemic is to reduplicate myself. Oh, so okay. I've, I have other trainers and other areas that if I can't take on the clientele, I pretty much um, send that client to a person that I know fits my criteria. Okay. You know, so I work with them, but I'm not their boss. What I do is I do marketing for them because a lot of trainers struggle with the marketing aspect. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I make sure they're great trainers and they fit my guidelines to be five-star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I'll work with them. I get them the clients and um, I get a marketing fee. So that yeah. way, you know, I cause multiple stream because quite naturally I can't do everything by myself. But if I have somebody I can rely on and they have a wide open schedule, I fill up their schedule. I have probably yeah. about, I probably reduplicated myself by four people. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Like, and I love you said, we're always looking for ways to, you know, add another revenue stream, replicate ourselves because that's the only way, only way we can scale in this, any industry really, but especially this Absolutely. industry. So talk to us, man, about that marketing. What is your marketing kind of strategy philosophy look like with yourself and with your other trainers that you're filling their books for? How are you well, getting into Well, when I first started business, um, I asked some other questions. You got to, to get the answers, you got to ask the right questions. Right. So oh, yeah. um, I worked with other training companies and some things that they were doing, I adopted that I like things where they, I realized they were wasting time and my time, yeah. I threw it out. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I focused on when I went on my own was um, what is it that people want? You know, I'm thinking about the customer. Number one, they want results. Right. Uh, when you look at anybody that's major in the fitness industry, what sells? It's like, if you look at P90X, it's yeah. the results. They put that video out of the results. They're not putting right. that guy out. They talk about the guy or whatever, but it's the results and it's the people's reviews. So yeah. that's what I focused on. So what I did initially was I started training people. Um, I let, 
people gave me a chance first. And what I did was I said, hey, listen, I'll give you a deal. And I'll get you where you need to get, but this is what I need from you. Can you allow me? A lot of people don't like to be in front of the camera. I was like, can you allow me to um, use you as my um, pretty much model? Sure. And can I use you? As, you can do a review for me, but can I use your, can your face be on there? I'll give you a major discount. Yeah. And I'll get you there so that I can use your face. So I had two people that, that started that off for me and they were like pregnant women. Doctors told, no, you can't get back. They said, I want to be a hot mom again. Right, right. I did it, got that there and here we are, you know? And then, then it's continued uh, success for others, helping sure. them get the results, different, um, you're talking about a diverse group of people, being able to deal with different ethnic groups, everybody pretty yeah. much and get them the results. And then the reviews would follow and getting connected with, with people. Um, you can be great, as great as you want to, but if no one doesn't know about you, you have to do the marketing aspect. Right. That marketing piece is not very difficult. Marketing piece could be putting your own t-shirts out, you yeah. know, um, investing and giving them to people instead of selling. You got to yeah. give a lot and you'll get a lot, believe it or not. Right. A lot of people sure. have heard that, but they don't, they don't understand it. But yeah. I give a lot of stuff away. And when you give stuff away and then yeah. you put it out into the atmosphere as well as put it out um, to be known, people know about you. Um, if you do people well, um, word of mouth will happen as well. And then getting yourself on Google. Google is a huge space to yeah. be on. And every, uh, I would say every uh, searcher that you can possibly get on or that people use to search for things, get on it. And um, then people found out about you and then have your have people to do reviews for you. If people do reviews for you yeah, um, and people read about that's what people look for. They look for reviews. They could care less about your accolades, how many trophies you got, um, how long you've been in business, yeah. what you look like. Can you get me to look like that? You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and, that, and that's what sells. And, and, and I go by also an old model, old thing that I've heard said that no matter what, when people value quality, if you're given the best in whatever you do, people will pay through the nose. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for people who want quality, not cheap people, you know, people who want quality, they want the best. You, for instance, you can go to a star and you can tell a star, Hey, I got a deal for you. They'll look at you like you're crazy. They don't want a deal. No, they don't. They, they want the best that's quality, yeah, and they're willing sure. to pay the best. And just yeah. for them to show up, you might have to pay them 50000 just to show up to yeah. an event, oh. not to perform, not to do anything. It might be $50,000, you know? Yeah. So it, it's value. I agree, man. thousand percent. It takes just as much time to sell something that's worth a hundred bucks as it does a thousand bucks, you know? So absolutely. And what we value, what, what we do is. You're, you're breaking out, Austin. I lost you for a minute there, Austin. Jay, you there, man? Can you hear me now, Austin? Now I got you. Now I got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can hear you now too. I don't know what was going on. All right. Good. You, I just sent. I just sent you a text. It was the microphone wasn't on, but we're good. All right. So. Uh, are you good now? Yeah, man. It was this okay. uh, computer right? Yeah. Cool. So, all right. We'll pick up where we left off, and I'll merge those two and cut out the the middle stuff. So, um, okay. let's go back a little bit. I'm trying to think of what we were talking about here. 
we were talking about uh talked about marketing the marketing piece we got in so let's move we'll go from there to i wanted to go into like how you came we were talking about high value stuff so i want to get into like your pricing structure there so so uh i'm gonna clap again and just so i can use that as a, a reset all right all right all right man all right jay so talk about your marketing strategy how you've grown your business so far with your clients and with clients for your other trainers uh how we price our, our training programs how is that how did you come up with your pricing structure what is that thought process and how did that whole system work for you well um depending upon it yeah I, I would tell any trainer you you have to um know your demographic yeah of where you live at first of all you so you should know the um what I did was, what what is the average income? What right. what is the average going income of your wherever you're at? Right. And then basically wherever you're at, I mean you can be like Durham and Cary is a different. I'll give you an example. Durham and Cary is different dynamic. However, RTP area is in there too. So whatever your rate is, one thing I know is um. You have to value yourself. Whatever your rate is, it is what it is. You're gonna attract. Yeah. If you're a five-star trainer, you you pretty much ask what you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you got the results, you can ask what you want. But definitely be aware of the demographic of what is the um, average income in your area. Sure. And then um, you have to know your worth. And so what it, it has to make sense so you can eat. So I call. There's different type of trainers. There's starving trainers, as I call them. Right. A starving trainer is a trainer that has to um, moonlight and work another job. You know, yeah. I had somebody ask me today, you know, that I was talking to that's not familiar with the fitness industry right. and was like, oh, is that all you do, personal training? She said, you don't do anything else? And I was like, I laughed. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, I'm a five-star trainer. Yeah. And I said, I'm not a starving trainer. She said, what's a starving trainer? And I said, well, a starving trainer is a trainer that has to work another job yeah. because it doesn't make sense with what they're doing. Right. Training people. I said, I'm not that trainer. I said, yeah. why, why do it? You have, so you have to think, you have to eat. Yeah. So you, it has to make sense. Agree, man. When yeah. it comes to your, your uh, compensation structure. Thousand percent. Thousand you know, percent. so at worst, what I tell the person, if someone was learning under me that wants to aspire to be like myself, I say, well, you have one customer ought to handle all of your expenses. <laughs> Basically, one cut at, at worst, if you get one customer in one month, it needs to be able to cover all your expenses. So whatever that is for an individual, that should be your comp that should be your compensation structure to whereas if you get one client, yeah, it has to cover and have a little bit over. And then also I teach when it's fat, because there's going to be times when it may be lean for you as a trainer, depending. Uh, if it's lean, you need to be a good mon money manager. Right, right. So whereas when you have those fat months, you need to save up very well, and you need to be prepared for like this pandemic, for instance. Uh, in right. the pandemic, I was out for about two months, but comfortably for two months. Yeah, not I, I didn't have to go to work, so I was, it was like I was on vacation. But right. I was able to still cover my bills. And if it had to take a whole year, I was ready to take that whole year off, too, if I had to. Nice. You know, without having to go work something else. So that's what you want to do as a, a trainer when it comes to compensation. Yeah. I think that's really good advice, man. Like, uh, 
one having that security blanket, not settling to be a starving trainer, which which is a I have not heard that before. So I think that's really good. Yeah, and I then, made that up. I'm making a t-shirt out of it too. Yeah, you should, man. I was like, <laughs> if you write a book, man, that's pretty good. And then not uh I like to having if you have, you get one or two clients to pay for your overhead, I think that's a great uh great mindset to have, man. So uh just shows that we value what we do and people will pay for things that have that perceived value to it. So like would that be and you'll, you'll draw that you'll draw yeah. that person to those type of people exactly. Um, exactly if you get people to call you say hey i mean i've had times where people call and say hey that's expensive i go hey i ain't mad at you you know what I'm saying? <laughs> have a great day i'm not going to devalue myself if you want me you know and you you like what i bring to the table then you respect me by taking care of me. And I tell people, I say, look, you go and pay for that Mercedes Benz. I worked on cars. That Mercedes Benz not worth the amount. And I'm nowhere near the amount that I'm asking for you to do right. what I already have. Right. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, attracting clients and not chasing people, right? Kind of like absolutely services, man. And I think no, that's you want you want to be yeah. sought after. So I'm yeah. sought after. Yeah. So it's a great, great stage of the career, man. So with the clients you have, Jay, what's been some I'm sure you've had some clients for many, many years. What are the best ways you've been able to keep your clients retained, engaged in your business and with you and with your other trainers and keep them coming back month after month? Um, by not being cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, also doing, um, you know, having a diverse um, group of things that I can do. Like I, I do everything from boxing to lifting weights, but you make it, um, I don't really try to wow people. The fitness industry does have a tendency to do that. I'm not trying to wow you. I'm trying to get you the results. But um, a lot of it is personality in training as well. Yeah. Um, I have the gift of gab. <laughs> I'm also yeah. a life coach. Right. So uh, I'm very personable and I, I, I'm very versatile. And um, so I can, I can deal with all different types of people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I think that's a huge part of it too. You keeping people sure. engaged. Also, I'm very funny, so I have people laughing a lot. So there it's kind of yeah. like a, um, it's it's social as well, you know. Yeah. So people yeah. come back for that grind, but also for the friendship. I, I uh, yeah. a lot of my clients become my friends as well. So for sure, yes. And again, something super unique in our industry. Yeah, like like we talk about all the time. It's more than a certification. It's more than knowing what a squat or a plank is or a kettlebell swing. Right. Like you said, man, it's that like relationship building. You can't and just be a counter. Yeah, it can't. It's not going to work. It's not going to last, right? Nope. You're not going to get to that five-star level of just right. counting and being a cheerleader. So, like, uh, yeah. So, with all this good stuff, Jay, at this point of your career, man, what are the biggest challenges you face kind of right now? <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. Nothing? No I, challenge? I don't really. The, the challenge that I have is trying to fit someone in my schedule or put a new client in there. How about that? Like the pen, like, so in Carrie, I had one person that was under my, that, that was, you know, I was working with and I had to let that person go. Yeah. So in Carrie being that it's only me, my, my um, area that I struggle with right now is filling that slot in. Fortunately enough, I'm completing some, programs with people and they're they're about to leave out just in time because okay. i never had this problem before yeah the the problem that i have now is a good problem good problem you know yeah I mean? 
And so, so that's the only thing. The only thing is being able to fit people in the slots that I have. So what I do for that, and that's not a problem. Yeah. What I do for that is when I'm not doing something on a weekend, I, I like to play hard. I like yeah. to go in. So the way I have it set up, I'm back to back to back. Any given day, I could be training like about 15 to 20 people. Wow. Okay. But on Friday, I go hard Monday through Thursday. Yeah. Early Friday. Friday, I like to finish early to have a long weekend. Sure. Sure. But what I'll do to suffice this now, this is the tricky part. It's summertime. Right. I want to party like everybody else. I want to have fun like everybody else. I want to go to the beach like everybody else. So I may sacrifice to train someone sometimes until someone opens up during the yeah. week. Yeah. And I may train, so I may sacrifice and train some people. I say, look, I'll train you this weekend. Right. And then I'll fit something in because I know this person is going to be finishing their program by this time, or this person is going to be leaving the state by this time. And sure. then I can sure. fit you into that slot if that works for you. I just had to do that with a couple and yeah. they're going to be gone. I have a couple I just signed up with that I had to fit them in. And it's working out just on time because they're going to travel. They're going to be gone until the 20th of this month. Okay. Then they're going to come back. And it just so happens that I'm able, I'm going to be able to fit two in for the husband. And all I need is one for the wife. I said, well, I can do that. Yeah. You know, so I, so I worked that. I looked at my calendar and I worked it. I said, perfect. And so it didn't stop my, um, you know, chance of making, right. you know, helping somebody else and sure. making more sure. income. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, obviously a, a good problem to have, right? Having uh, absolutely too many people and and like it always comes back to the time thing, right? Like, have you ever played around with trying any small group training, anything like that? Is that is that feasible in your space or no? Um, when I was in the training industry of uh, working for companies, they were like, "That's where it's at." Group, they love group because there's a lot of money that you can make in it. Yeah. Um, what again? I don't chase money. When <laughs> he chases me, yeah. the thing is, is that um, I I rather I like me personally as a personal trainer. I hone that name, personal yeah. trainer. I don't like group because it's unfair for me. To sure. me, this is my own opinion. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. unfair from a review perspective. Because from a group perspective, I can't. Everybody has different needs, mm -hmm. so group is not gonna. You can get stagnant in the group. I prefer doing that personal one-on-one -on -one, and that's what I focus on. I don't, I don't do groups. The most I will do is a couple, like two people at a time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, man. You're focused on doing one thing and doing it really well. And that's kind of bread and butter of the business, man. Now, now my last question, Jay. So you're pro boxer for a while, man. Anything from that career line of line of work for lack of better words, career, right? Anything that, that you've taken from that to this role of being an entrepreneur in the fitness space? Uh, when I when I step into the ring, when I step into any space, I'm the best, man. Yeah, there you go. So that that's that's <laughs> and that's why I teach my teenagers. Anytime you step on that space, you step on the track. My daughter is a track star. My son is a football star. Anywhere you step, you're the best. That's the mentality you got to have. Um, also, boxing in personal training is my niche because that's it right now in the uh, personal training in industry. That's what people are looking for. And um, it's not something that you can just learn overnight. I'm, right. I'm just very fortunate. Any boxer, um, it, it would be open for them. That's what they're looking for in personal training. They were looking for it back 
when that woman told me, remember I was telling you about this Hispanic bodybuilder? Yeah. And she yeah. it's still the same. People are looking yeah. for a boxing training. Yeah. And yeah. just because you're a boxer doesn't mean you'll be able to do it either. Fortunately for me, like I'm a speaker, I'm a motivational speaker right. as well. So I know how to articulate the sport to teach everyday people sure. and to and then different types of people to get them to do what I need them to do in boxing. Cause boxing is more involved than just throwing your right and, and left arm. It's about body manipulation. It's about timing, distance, conditioning, becoming a pugilist, which a lot of people don't know about pugilism mm -hmm. and the hardening of the body and then the mind. And it's called the sweet science for a reason. So a lot of people are looking for that in personal training. So that's what I brought over to this. And actually personal, um, me having that and being directed in that path has caused me to supersede other trainers. Because yeah. where I'm at right now, I have more clients than the other regular personal trainers because of that. Because right. people right. hire me for both, sure. personal training and boxing. Yeah. But there's not a given day, any given day, somebody's asking me about boxing, more so than just personal training. Right, right. Yeah, it makes sense, man. And uh, obviously super beneficial to, to you and your career and, and the success you've had, man. So, Jay, I think this is a good place to wrap this up, man. I appreciate you coming on today and sharing why you started, where you are, where, where you're going with the business and with your career. Where can listeners check you out, man? Social media, website, all that good stuff. Where can we find you? On my Instagram, um, the man of steel, M-A-N-O-F-S-T. X X L, not E E L, X X L, Man of Steel, True Man of Steel. And um I'm also at uh www.lifecoachapex.com and also uh www.personaltrainerapex.com. Beautiful man. Jay, thank you so much again for coming on, man. We wish you the best of luck and, and continued success. Thank you. You as well, Austin. Have a great one, man. You as well. Right. Listeners, we appreciate you guys too. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all of our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.